0: Welcome to the Story Geek Show. On today's show, we'll be digging deeper into Moon Knight, both the season finale and then really the entire season as well. Where does Moon Knight fit in the Disney Plus Marvel series rankings? We'll get into that as well. And since we're also digging deeper into Moon Knight and asking some um, kind of more uh, specific questions about what happens in uh, in this show over the course of the six episodes, this show will contain spoilers, so just know that you're getting into that. I'm Jay Shear, co-writer of Death of the Bounty Hunter and Time Slingers. Joining me on the Story Geek show, Josh Taylor from Modern Mouse Radio. Hello, it's not sir. really Modern Mouse Radio anymore, is it? It's just Modern Mouse.
1: It's just Modern Mouse, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. I, like, ba- I, like-
1: I feel like back in the early days of, like, podcasting, because, mm-hmm. like, I'm a dinosaur now. I- I've been doing <laughs> podcasting for 11 years. Yes. Um, but back in the early days, you had to, like, tack on radio so the people knew. Like, what they were getting into? Audio only. Yeah, 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 yeah. So There were a ton of shows that were like just radio back then, and nowadays you, you don't see that as often.
0: That's true. That's very, very true. And by the way, Josh Taylor is the hero of the day because I literally messaged him 18 minutes ago and was like, hey, do you want a podcast right now? <laughs> uh, I was going to have uh, Michael Young on the show. In fact, Michael Young and I tested. We were going to dual stream the show and we tested it last night and we were good to go everything was everything was good and then he literally this morning got called into a meeting by his boss so boo boo on that Michael Young's boss but i'm just teasing um, i don't want to get him in trouble <laughs> that would be really bad Michael Young is 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 literally one of my favorite people so i always enjoy the time with him but one of my other favorite people is Josh Taylor so yeah, um, let's let's get into this let's get into Moon Knight uh This is the season finale of Moon Knight. It was on Wednesday, yesterday. I watched it three times yesterday, by the way. So, yeah, I watched it twice. I I watched it once in the morning, so I didn't get too spoiled. I did get spoiled on one thing, but I watched it in the morning, so I didn't get spoiled. I watched it again in the afternoon to come up with questions and make my notes. And then Jessica, my wife, wanted to watch it, and so I watched it again with her. (laughs) So I saw it three times. Um, And I want to start with, we'll make this easy let's start with an easy question just in the about the finale specifically what are some of the things that you liked and what are some of the things that maybe you didn't like as much about the moon knight finale specifically
1: um i think this is a critique about marvel in general like ah. as far as the tv shows but the third act of all of these shows right if you can like if you were to smash it all together and it was one big movie it was a four and a half hour movie or whatever it would end up being. Um, The third act always feels a bit rushed. Mm. Uh, And I felt that way here too. Um, There was a lot that had, you know, coming out of the last episode, it was like a lot has to happen. And this was uh, one of the shorter episodes of the entire season. Right. And so a lot had to happen. I did like a lot of what did happen, but Mm -hmm. I would have, preferred to have sat with some of it Mm. um, a bit longer. I feel Mm. like this episode could have stretched out to even two episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially I loved like some of the reveals, but I would have loved to figure out uh, maybe more about them. Like, uh, I mean, this is a spoiler show, so I'll just say, Um, I really love that Layla becomes the Scarlet Scarab, Mm. right? Like that, a lot of people talked about the possibility of that, and I love that she was. But um, we see her in action, but we don't really ever get to know she's the Scarlet Scarab. Mm. Um, there's no real conversation around that. There's no real. There's no real conversation around the fact that uh, Moon Knight turns into like a Mach twelve jet plane. <laughs> um, he oh, yeah, just yeah. like all of a sudden can fly like crazy right so you know there was a lot of like we'll let this happen just because it's a superhero show and it's supposed to be fun right right but i would have loved some explanations around some of those things yeah. um but a lot of the reveals i loved i love the the Scarlet scarab reveal um i loved the the end reveal um being the third personality mm-hmm. uh, of jake mm-hmm. And I loved my favorite thing, and I wish I wish that it had happened be um, and maybe we'll talk about it later. but the big like battle between Ahmet and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah just had it reminded me of so many great things that I just wanted <laughs> I want to dive into those, so
0: yeah, 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 that's awesome. i have I have like a literal list where I write I wrote down likes and dislikes, and then things i that I'm still thinking about in the mm. that are in the middle um so the first thing i'll say the first thing i'll say about the finale and this is true of the entire season which we'll get into in a minute but this is very true of the finale is that all the performances here are amazing like oh yeah everybody cares about the role that they're in they enjoy the role they're in clearly um and they brought their a game to the table i mean they, they did a fantastic job i mean i heard the actress who plays layla i can't remember her name but i heard her talking about having to work with ethan hawk and oscar isaac two of the biggest stars on the planet right um definitely definitely b plus stars if not a minus or a plus i think oscar isaac could easily classify as a plus star right now in today's world ethan hawk used to be a plus and maybe is kind of more like an a minus although he's getting back into it because of some of the amazing things he's doing
1: he's i would say that ethan hawk is an underrated performer usually he picks roles Right? he picks like the Richard Linkletter films, where it's like they're not like the big a plus crazy movies, exactly. but they're definitely actors acting movies exactly. Um and he's an actor's actor. and he definitely delivers that
0: absolutely. absolutely. You know what you can you know what you can do. You can tell if you watch an actor in interviews where they're dressed, how they want to dress or how their stylist is kind of trying to dress them. The number of leather bands or cords on their arm is indicative of how good of an actor they are. <laughs> and he right. has a lot of them. He has a lot of yeah. them. So just something you can think about. Um, you know, also the other thing that could go with it is scarves. If you're wearing a scarf, mm. probably, you know, probably an actor's actor. Um, I, so I thought all the performances were, were fantastic. I loved how Mark talked to Stephen in the duot. Um, that's just a mm. really meaningful conversation of, and a lot of character development of Mark finally accepting who he really is and the other aspects of his personality um, and and how the that aspects the that aspect of his personality was really meaningful to him. And I I think that that was really um, emotional. It was really well done. Um, I will say that I did not love the fact. So anytime there's a escape from the afterlife component to a show or a movie, I always feel like that's um, it always feels a little forced to me and it, and it's becoming a trope it's kind of like oh you went to the afterlife but we know you're not dead so you have to and it's the 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 hard part about it for me is that it's almost always you know you went to the good place and yet you still have something you really need to do and so you need to break out of the good place for lack of a better word right it depends on where you are it could be the field of reeds it could be heaven it could be where whatever, whatever nirvana whatever you call it and i always kind of feel like that just has become a little bit too cliche and it a lot of times doesn't really ring true to me so it's like okay that's fine um but uh but i did love the scene that happens right after that so it's like i knew he was gonna have that was gonna happen anyway so it's fine i'll go along with it um a couple other things here there's a moment where steven negotiates with Kanshu about When, how long they're going to (laughs) be possessed by Konshu or or like how long they're going to be his avatar, and that was really cool because it was one of the first moments where Steven's strengths were truly appreciated by Mark and everyone else. It was like, let him be let him into his strength set, which I thought was great. Um, I have a difference of opinion with you about Layla really quick because Uh, I loved Layla's character as she was. I, I thought there because like episode four was like really special to me because it felt so Indiana Jones-ish. And I was literally thinking to myself, like, you could make a movie called Indiana Jane and have it star this particular actress doing these things. And I'm so yeah. in. I'm so in. Like, this is awesome. And then they're like, well, no, if you're in this, if you're in Marvel, you've got to be a superhero. <laughs> and I'm like, well, OK, fine. Now, granted, once they made her a superhero, her I thought her her outfit was amazing. I thought she fit the role really well. All that stuff is true, but I just I was like, oh man, like she's she's great enough as she is. We don't need to make her a superhero. That was kind of I, my thought.
1: I think one of the things about the Scarlet Scarab character, yeah, at least that we saw that like on screen, yeah, is that she's not overly powerful like Moon Knight is. Yeah, um, Moon Knight is the you know I apparently he can fly, <laughs> but like the thing I like about the Scarlet Scarab is to me it still feels like she's that Indiana Jones type mm, of mm. Art, like archeologist. Yeah. But now she's like, what we saw previously, right? When she got into a battle is that she could wield a knife pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And I like that that kind of became her weapon of mm. choice as a Scarlet Scarab. Um, and then she just so happens to have like the wings that can kind of shield her. Right. I don't want to see her fly. You yeah. know, I don't want to see that kind of superhero powers from her, but right. I don't mind her wielding some daggers and and whatnot. Like that's fine to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's. I think in her, like I said, her costume was cool. Every fight scene in this episode was fantastic. Um, it, there were there were some the 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 scene where uh, Moon Knight is running up the pyramid and Arthur Harrow is running down the pyramid, and the moons yeah. in the background. Fantastic. Um. Let's get into your, your giant your giant battle, because uh, one thing I'll say before we get into that, though, is um, this is a really, really minor complaint, and this is not about the voice performer. It's about what was done to the, the post-production on the voice performer, but the voice of Amit felt yes. a little bit off to me. Because Khonshu's voice is very powerful and very much like godlike in a lot of ways, right? Egyptian godlike, and then Amit's voice—it doesn't feel like there was enough post-production on her voice or something. Like she doesn't feel like she has the weight of Khonshu's voice. So, um, and that was not the voice performer because the voice performer I thought did great. It was just the the post-production on it, which I don't normally comment on those things. But as I was watching the show, I was like. I mean, in comparison, the two voices is Kanshu sounds so much more powerful, right? When
1: you only have two voices, yes, you know, like then it makes you have to compare it to that other one, a
0: hundred percent. But let's just get into this really quick. I have a couple more things, but but before we talk about those, let's talk about that giant god battle because that was fun. I was wasn't fun. sure. As soon as she got big, I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do this. And then as this battle started going on, I'm like, oh, no, cool. We're doing this. And it's, re- it's really pretty cool. When he picks up his staff off the ground and it knocks the van out of the way and mm. you see the, the size of his staff in that moment, that was killer. And when she drags him over, that's that, when they're in the background, that's when the, that fight scene is at its best, right? They're in the background yeah. behind the the people fighting. So you had some thoughts about that. Let me, let me hear them.
1: Okay, so first and foremost... All I could think, so obviously there's two comparisons here. Yeah. The for the easiest comparison that everyone's going to compare it to is like Godzilla versus Kong, right? Like that <laughs> right, kind of right, thing. right, right. I would rather compare it to this. Imagine you see <laughs> these two things battling. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just like a wicked guitar solo comes in <laughs> and then the Power Rangers run in. <laughs> yes. Like Zordon is telling them they've got to keep things under control. You know, like that's great. Like I want that. I wanted just a crazy guitar solo to come in.
0: I'm in, I'm in on that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. But, why not?
1: Uh, so here's a question though, for this. Um, yeah, because we realized in previous episodes Yeah. that, um, Mark slash Steven yeah. can see the, the Jackals can see Konshu. Right. And that, and that these characters, even though they can't be seen by regular people, can do damage. Yes. Right? So what did the people of <laughs> Egypt see? Did they see these these big monsters battling in the sky? Or do they just all of a sudden out of nowhere have like this wreckage? And interestingly enough, is this the kind of thing that causes natural disasters? Ah, uh, right? interesting. God's battling is how earthquakes happen.
0: Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and like, so as the viewers, when souls leave people's bodies and they, they have that pink aura, for lack of a better term, yeah, are is, do, do other people see that happening, or is that just us seeing that as the viewers? And like, I like you said, like Mark and Steven seeing that, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's only seen by the by the superpowered.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Guy. That makes more sense because otherwise there's going to be some news stories (laughs) there's going to be like mass panic right yeah 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 i almost wonder if that's how the celestials have to work too in the eternals because one of the things that bugs me a little bit is that like there is literally a stone or ice or whatever it is celestial in the north pole or the south pole or wherever it is and like and part of me is like okay well is that just like made up of more ethereal material or like dark matter or something because if not that thing's gonna throw off the entire tilt of the world and it's gonna throw the world off its axis so like what what is going on and wouldn't people notice it like oh, all of a sudden on our spy satellites there's a giant celestial like what is going on here i don't i don't know if the uh if the mcu is gonna deal with that soon or if it's just gonna let it go because i mean like you know I just watched uh Spider-Man no way home again I did a whole show on it on Tuesday yeah. and every moment that happens in that film is like captured by cameras and it's on Joe Jonah Jameson is on top of it man he's got his YouTube show and he's like killing it um so it makes me wonder like okay well would I care about what Spider-Man was up to if there were Egyptian gods on camera fighting? Like, I don't think I care, man. Like, or there's a celestial in the, in <laughs> on the edge of the earth. Like I don't care what Spider-Man's doing. Like, That's nuts. So I would like to see the MCU maybe deal with some of those things. Um, I am going to see uh, Dr. Strange tomorrow. Do you have your tickets for Dr. Strange?
1: I'm actually leaving to go in uh, about five hours.
0: Oh, you're going to see it before me um good for you i i won't be able to see it till uh till tomorrow midday tomorrow midday is when i'm going to see dr strange but i think that's a good movie where they could explain some of that stuff right because like we know it's going to be chaotic we know they're dealing with the multiverse they could explain some of the things that we're kind of wondering now about like how do these things actually fit in the mcu so we'll see if that happens but but both thumbs up from both of us on the on the god battle worked out
1: oh yeah like that was super fun yeah it was i want more of that like that's that's what i want to see like when eternals came out like i wanted to see this kind of thing
0: yes 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 totally okay so a couple other notes from me just really quick um a couple negative notes unfortunately um two things first of all and one of them is specific to me as a writer and i will tell you that i i love it and i kind of like can't stand it but but before i get there I think that the Layla turning into wet like turning into her avatar, was filmed so weird. Like, it wasn't filmed poorly. It's not. It's not a poorly filmed scene at all. Like the people who filmed it knew what they were doing. The actress does an amazing job of switching between the two personalities, but Tarawet is like sort of a playful character. But that whole scene is played like a horror scene and it's mm-hmm. it's the vibe of that scene is so strange the tone of it's so strange i was watching it I, I had already seen it twice i'm watching it with my wife i already, already thought that that i already made the note on here that that scene is weird and my wife turns to me and she goes this is so like creepy like what is happening so that was that was um, that was a little odd that was a little odd for me cuz the the hippopotamus god had not been super creepy yet um and then this moment was great and this and i but i wish we kind of didn't have to do this in films. and so i apologize in advance for thinking this is this for complaining about this but when a character that we have never seen before turns to another character and says something like are you an egyptian superhero and the character's like yeah i'm like it's so on the nose and I, as a the writer in me no, no the fan of representation in me is like cool we have an egyptian superhero and people can get behind that stoked about that the writer in me is like oh cringe like it's obvious like do we have to say it but maybe we have to say it maybe we have to say it for fan service it'd be Uh,
1: different uh, if like the kid went like wow an egyptian superhero yes you know like as they ran off or whatever like yes where it's like them reacting versus like having to develop an answer around
0: it exactly exactly right exactly right so i love it but man i feel like it could have played out and then the last thing the last thing i'll say about my likes and dislikes um and i really like this episode i really like this series but um i didn't like episode five we can talk about that as as Mm. how episode five fits into the whole thing but um i didn't think we needed to go back to the mental institution at the end uh, that was a little bit, um, it felt like a little bit unnecessary to me because it, I'm not talking about, uh, there is there is a really short, I believe, I could be wrong about this actually now that I'm thinking about it, but I believe that there's a little clip and it might've just been in the previously on where they showed the third sarcophagus, knowing that we're going to get a third personality at some point from, um, from Mark Spector and, and Stephen Grant, um, which we do get, like you talked about, we'll get into that too, but um i needed that only from the whole mental institution scene that could have been over at that point it felt like it was like we're only going back to this because it's almost like we feel like we need closure but i feel like i got enough closure like i get what the mental institution scene was meant to be and it it was fine um not that it was a bad scene i mean again anytime you see oscar isaac oscar isaac turning from one character into the to the other and by the way i do think that they're is one moment where we actually might see Jake in that mental institution scene at the end. But the way that he changes just, to, just the structure of his eyebrows and the way that mm-hmm. his eyes look is art. That's art. Good job, it Oscar is. Isaac. That's art. Um, so yeah, those are that my feelings. But I want to hear your feelings about the whole season. Like, where does this fit? We've got, how many shows now? Do we
1: have five? Is it five shows we've done or is it four? With, uh, uh, so we started Plus. with WandaVision, then Winter, Falcon Winter Soldier, Low Key, then Hawkeye, Hawkeye, and now this, and is now fifth? this, and yeah. if you want to consider what if, even though what if sure, is sure, kind of sure. its own little sure weird animated thing, but um, I would say to me, like Wandavision still is is top tier, and I actually okay. think like because it had a few extra episodes in that show, mm-hmm. I think it actually helped it a bit more. Ah, uh, um, yes, 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 yes. I would say that this show might be right behind wandavision for me really Uh, it's on par with like loki nice i think that loki had i think loki and this show stick the landing pretty well Hmm. uh and i think that they developed some interesting things i don't know where moon knight goes from here Mm. Uh, i know that people had considered this to be just a six episode season series yeah mini series and then you know marvel has come out recently and said season right specifically meaning that there might be more i also think that this could be something that uh, moon knight scarlet scarab whomever end up Mm. somehow working with the eternals or uh, something down the line so not just stuck with their own little series on on disney plus um but i really enjoy this i enjoyed it because it was different i'm Mm. glad you and I have had this kind of discussion before about Star Wars, right? Like, I want to mm. get away from the Luke Skywalker side. I
0: just talked about you on Tuesday about that very same thing. Yeah, like. Or no, no, a- yesterday it was yesterday. I did a, I did a, I did a quick reaction to the new Kenobi oh, trailer, won. and I, yeah, exactly. And I, and I said, Josh Taylor and I are on the same page, man. We don't need <laughs> any more Skywalker era.
1: No, man, like. That first se- the first season of Mandalorian was great because yes. it had nothing to do with anything that's happened before it. Yep. And I really loved Moon Knight because it did that exact same thing. Like it took everything that we love about Marvel. Yeah. And said, "Cool, all the other stuff that we've done before, put it to the side. Yeah. We're gonna tell this story about Egyptian gods and mythology, and how this character and his, you know, disorder, yeah. fit into that." Uh, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it for what it was. And there's a part of me that wants to see these characters mix it up with other Marvel characters. And then there's a part of me that says, like, (laughs) keep them over here. Keep them
0: precious. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, for me, Loki is still my favorite. Um, Right below Loki is WandaVision. Right below WandaVision is probably this and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then probably Hawkeye's last. And I only say that because um my main thing about Hawkeye was that so so this is this is happening with the Marvel TV shows far more than it happens with the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies, you kind of know what you're getting into, and you know that you're 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 seeing something that isn't going to go really, really deep. Like I don't find many conversations that are asking the MCU to go as deep as like we do on this show. (laughs) Most of them, most of them, we're not doing that. Like no one, no one needs that. You don't need to do that. Whereas I think some of the, some other superhero properties, I think DC is, is more goes in that direction because DC, their characters are more so supposed to be representations of mythology and, gods and value systems and those things clashing with each other and so it just is it's for a show like this where we are always asking these deeper questions it's better a little bit better suited for that, the dc eu whereas the marvel you know i'm going to ask you some of the questions that i have on my on my list here and it's like probably no one else is asking these questions right like probably most people are like oh, it's just fun dude what do you do what, what are you doing um so I, I don't, but, but one of the things that the shows had that does a little bit differently than the movies is I think that the creators on the shows, which I really appreciate as a person who does this show is that they are trying to get into a little bit deeper of subject matter, right? Like there's a lot of trauma that's worked into Wanda vision and how that's playing out in Loki. It's like, who's in control of our destiny and how, and, and, and there's a lot of that worked in Falcon and Winter Soldier may actually be the deepest of the Marvel shows that they've done as it pertains to current modern day culture and asking a really important question of the way that America has treated um, the black community. Do you, should you integrate with what America is doing or should you actually try and break what America is doing? Like that's, that's like a core question of that show. And you have Isaiah who's kind of like, I'm not sure I can ever support America again, based on my experience. And then Sam choosing to say, I think I'm gonna try and make America better by becoming a symbol of America. And 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 that's like a really important. In fact, Michael Young, who was gonna be on this show, this is a year ago or more, he did a show with some of his buddies. And you should go listen to that show because they literally talked there, it's is all it was all um all African American folks, um, him and his buddies, and they did a fantastic job of talking about that. So go listen to their show as opposed to hearing me as a white guy talk about it. But I just I just love that it took that. It took a swing. It took a swing at a subject matter that was like really, really intense. Um, So what I appreciate about the Marvel shows is that they're trying to go a little bit deeper. I don't think that Hawkeye... Hawkeye tried to do that a little bit, but I was actually... This is the thing about expectations. The best thing about Hawkeye was the trailer before Hawkeye came out. Now, I don't mean to say that Hawkeye is like a bad show. I'm not saying that at all. I really enjoyed Hawkeye. But that trailer where it's like, this is basically Die Hard, but like Hawkeye. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's a fun, like, like, like funny show is that sold it to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. Like, that sounds like a show that I will watch all day long. And then it was like, oh, actually, it's a little more serious than that. Hawkeye's like losing his hearing. And like, you know, like it, like it got deep real fast. And of course as a person who likes to talk about deep stuff that's cool but what I, I actually was more drawn to what they like saying like this is this is die hard but with hawkeye <laughs> i was like that's kind of cool so uh this show kind of fits in the middle there's a there's you know we'll move on after we talk about the season and what we liked and disliked i will say that there are some things in this show that caused me as a storyteller to be like Oh my gosh, you're leaving me hanging and like you're not answering. And by the way, this is not this is not just this show. This is also Star Wars does this to me. Like there's this happens in multiple contexts, so it's not like it's the end of the world. But um but then again, there were some episodes that I loved. And so just one more thing before I get your feedback. The one thing about this show that I think is my um overarching issue. And before I say what it is, I just want to uh, just give a shout out to Novus Renaissance who's in the chat. And says, DC is supernatural mythology um, and Marvel, which is more based on societal archetypes of various ethnic groups, cultures, and human sagas. Great discussion, Jay and Josh. Thanks for the comment, Novus Renaissance. Novus Renaissance has been a uh, sponsor of ours. So you can check out Door of a Door um, is their book, uh, which is all about basically the great war in heaven and Lucifer and the angels fighting against um, God and Michael and all the other angels. Um, good stuff. You can go check out that, that out from Novus Renaissance. But you were going to pitch in on that?
1: Um, no I, no go ahead I... oh, okay
0: um so yeah so thanks for that comment and, and and totally totally agree like Marvel's trying to deal with more of uh there has never been a more um poignant thing said on this show than uh what was said by Leo Partable. And he and I were talking about, we were talking about uh, Once Upon a Time in the in the West, which is a completely thing. And we were talking about um, how that show, what that show was about and how the beginning of that show turned out. But that led us into a discussion about Marvel and DC because he was using this example. And I think it's one of the most poignant things said about the MCU. Marvel is all about the American myth. And DC is all about the American dream. Now, I am putting those in American terms. So, yes, obviously these things go international, but just, just bear with me for a minute because this is re- I think this was really important. The American myth says things should be this way. Let's let's make things this way. And then let's have characters maybe even argue about that or like fight over that. So as, as Novus Renaissance is saying, societal archetypes. Uh, cultures, human sagas, etc. What Marvel's doing is, Marvel is saying, what if the world were this way? And then playing with that. DC, as is, is what Leo's saying is, DC is more of the American dream which is to say, uh, especially in the EU recently, you know, Superman is an immigrant who's rejected and has to learn what the American dream could even look like. Uh, Batman is trying to figure out how do we bring about order in a, in a in a chaos-laden city? Like These are these are people fighting for to achieve something, fighting to achieve an American dream, as opposed to, we'll give you the American dream and let's just see how that turns out, right? So uh, or, we'll give you the American myth and see how that turns out. And uh, I think that that is true. So that's true of, of Novus Renaissance's comment. It's true of what you've said, Josh. And I think it was a really interesting way of looking at the two universes and how they play out. Um, hopefully DC won't try to just emulate Marvel. They're having a big leadership sh- shakeup over there. So hopefully we'll still get different properties. Um, but I thought that was really, really, really good. So um, th- th- this is the thing I want to get your take on. Cause this is what I was about oh. to say. My probably my, I have two issues with the moon Knight. I loved, I loved episode four, loved episode one, loved episode two, l- really liked episode six. Didn't like episode five as much thought episode three was okay. My biggest, the, the, the thing that I find most odd about the show is that I felt like the way it was edited was odd. It was, it almost felt to me like they had six scripts and then someone said, you know what, why don't we take 10 minutes off this script and put it back in this show instead in the editing room. Um, like for example, I, one of the things I had mentioned on one of the previous shows was that when Arthur Harrow shoots, uh, Mark Spector, you could have ended the episode right there and I would have had to come back and be like, what happens next? But instead we get a 10 minute section of him being in the mental institution. And I would have thought that that would have been a more powerful start to episode five and episode five would have flowed together a little bit better than as opposed to being sort of a connective tissue episode. Um, and so on the editing side of things, I thought the show was a little bit weird. And to your point, I think you could have easily made this an eight or even 10 episode series and had them be more the length of Mandalorian, have them be all 35 minutes or so. So what's your take on, what's your take on kind of the, the way that this all played out?
1: Well, what, what's your other complaint first? I I think, does it go Mm. along with this? Do you think?
0: No, not really. The other complaint I have is that, um, it's, so my wife, I, I was complaining about this to my wife, and my wife goes, but you love gray area shows. And I'm like, yeah, I do love gray area <laughs> shows. Um yeah. However, when it seems like a show is coming to a conclusion, this is where we're going to get into our deeper questions, but when it, when it seems like a show is coming to a conclusion about something important, and then it kind of just avoids saying it or avoids giving you, like, what the answer that certain characters think that they have, yeah. that I, I'm always left going, like, wait, do you... Do you think that you're on the like? Do you think that the audience understands where you're going with this? Because right now it's just confusion. And a lot of times Marvel doesn't do that. A lot of times Marvel says like, "There's no confusion." Uh, Sam Wilson believes that America would be better if he becomes Captain America, and Isaiah believes America needs the, especially the American government needs to be broken before it can be rebuilt. I know what those characters think. I know how those characters feel. It is obvious to me. So despite the fact that I love gray area characters, this show was kind of like, dude, I don't even know who's right and who's wrong and why I'm supposed to believe any of those things. Right. Like mm. so. And we're going to get into that further. But that that was my second complaint. Those are my only two complaints. And and I and I don't want to make it sound like I'm being overly negative. I'm literally just trying to understand the show. Um, and those would be the two things that because I would I, what I'm saying is I want more. And, and and clarity would yeah. be awesome. That's all I'm saying. So what's your yeah. response to that? So
1: in in kind of the same vein, mm. um, a, a lot of people have had this critique mm. about Marvel. Not me at all. Some people. Yeah. Uh have had this critique, especially like with this show where it's the show is called Moon Knight, but we're not seeing a lot of Moon Knight, right? It's a lot of <laughs> a lot of Mark right. and Steven. Right. Um this show begins trying to tell us about a man with dissociative disorder. Yeah. Um, the show ends with a guy who has dissociative disorder right. still. Right. The thing that I want mm-hmm. is the conclusion to that. Mm. Um, I feel like I got the Moon Knight conclusion, right? He uh, defeats Harrow. Right. Although kind of like with the rest of the show a bit like hey we want to be super violent but we can't cuz we're on <laughs> Disney Plus so let's right. just fast forward yeah um but in episode 5 like you were, I think episode 5 works but I think in the 6 episode arc it doesn't if it was 8 episodes episode 5 would really work yeah 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 um but in episode 5 we have to kill Freeze whatever, whatever it is that we have to do to Stephen, right? To balance the scales, right? Right. It's only at that point that Mark can go into the field of reads. right? So when he comes back into this episode and he has his like Elsa and Anna moment with <laughs> with Stephen,
0: right? Great moment. Uh,
1: it's a really great moment. But wouldn't then the balance of the scales tilt again? Right when Steven comes back
0: to life, yeah.
1: So that's not overly explained, right? But I think if you were to think about it in a deeper way, like we do here, um, at the end of the episode, instead of getting out of bed and tripping, yes, um, I think it should have shown that despite the gods believing that this person cannot be balanced because of their disorder. Right. That instead, Steven slash Mark slash Jake can show that he can live a perfectly normal, well-balanced life mm. with all of these personalities, with all these alters. Yeah. Instead, the show says, nah, we're just back to where we were before. Right. And he trips out of bed. And so I feel like they, they kind of misstepped there in the in the same way that I think they misstepped with Falcon and the winter soldier they have Sam takes on the mantle which is all great right but they took the guy who was basically the the anti hero mm. um, and gave him a redemption arc that wasn't deserved ah you know uh, so I feel like there was no um there was no balance to that. It was mm. like, well, Sam's there, so it's fine now. And it's like, well, Moon Knight saved the day. Everything's fine. But like, this show was about dissociative disorder. Right, 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 right. And we never get the conclusion to that. And so I think having a little bit more time and showing Mark living a perfectly normal life yeah, might have at least given some conclusion to that.
0: Well, and this this is actually, so what you bring up is actually another kind of, this is part of my issue right is that it says so we're going to get into balance in a minute because this is a star wars concept it's now a moon knight concept but one of the things that was said was that mark and steven when steven went to the duat and mark went to the uh field of reeds, that mark's heart was then balanced so you're bringing up a good point because what you're saying is okay but like mark is actually without steven And what it seems like is that Mark and Steven together would be more balanced than Mark without Steven, right? On top of that, what I also was struggling with is I'm like, there. I know there's a third personality. So how in the world can he be balanced? How can he be balanced without reckoning with the third personality? Because the third personality, which we know based on some prior information, is the most violent personality of all of them, which is only confirmed at the end of this episode. Um, You got to sit through the credits. Uh, And so that to me is, it's a, it's a, cause I think the reason that Mark and Steven are tied to the bed at the end of episode six is because they realize that there's a third personality. We don't realize that until after the credits because we're going, Oh, because we know we see what that other personality is doing, right? Like um, that. And by the way, that, that scene takes place in the UK. It's a very iconic shot of the, the UK mm-hmm. skyline back there, which means that um they're still in the UK, obviously, but they were in Egypt. Now they're in the UK again. He's tying himself to the bed again. He's both Mark and Steven. He's and he's accepted that. Um, And then there's this third personality. So, so let's go ahead and get into the to the deeper side of this, unless you want to throw out some more comments about what you liked or disliked about the whole season.
1: No, 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 no. Let's, okay.
0: Let's go. Let's do this. Let's get into some of the deeper stuff. Here's Here's the part of the show that I kept wanting there to be more clarity on, and it sounds like you might be in a similar kind of situation. But let's talk about three concepts, all of which are very deep concepts, all of which are, you know, discussed by millennia of people who have ever existed on the face of the earth three concepts one balance and what balance means right two uh good and who's good and who's bad in this show and then three evil and who's evil and who's not evil in this show uh because i think this show is um it's not it never tells us unless you saw something that i didn't see i think that there is one area where i think the show is clearly saying that something is good other than that there's more confusion than there is clarity in my opinion on some of this so give me your take what do you think it's trying to say about balance what do you think it's trying to say about good and what do you think it's trying to say about evil
1: i don't know man it's all (laughs) over the place Uh, like it's so like i wish Again, there was a bit more clarity to all of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is, uh, it takes up ancient mythology in as far as it's old, you know, the old gods and of whatever mythology you want to say, whatever religion, whether it's Hawaiian or uh, Greek, Roman, Egyptian, mm-hmm all those gods are not good or bad. Right. They simply exist to control the things that we don't understand. Right. Um, And to a certain extent, I think that we see that a lot in the show with every character. Uh, Harrow Harrow is a great villain because you understand why he would go down the route that he would go down. Um, You know, Could you have a peaceful world if you got rid of the people you knew were going to eventually murder or whatever? Like, yeah, of course. Um, but he goes about it the wrong way. Ahmed goes about it the wrong way. Right. On the other side of that, Steven slash Mark, well, specifically Mark, Mark is basically a hitman. (laughs) Right. And is there, you know, can you follow a hitman and say, well, you know, he's pure of heart. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> right, right. Um, Steven is kind of our only guiding light.
0: Yes. But yes. then
1: Steven, you know, Steven and Mark basically say they need each other. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. I guess, uh, <laughs> Layla. Layla is a good person
0: so let me let's do this let's do this let's compare these characters to other characters oh, no. in the universes right because first of all mark would have to be very similar to frank castle mark's basically mm. the punisher mm-hmm. right yeah, sure. i punish the worst of the worst but i don't i try i try not to punish anybody else and my he's also with-
1: doing it in the name of country if he wasn't the avatar of Khonshu, would he choose to do all that? Exactly.
0: So, so so, so you could make an argument that Punisher is a little bit further gone, because Punisher is like, Punisher wants to do what Punisher is doing. <laughs> Frank right, Castle like wants his, to do it. That is his morality. <laughs> right. That's his shtick, right? Um, and so you could argue that uh, Mark is a little bit less than Punisher, because Mark doesn't really want to do these things for Khonshu, but he agreed to do them, and at least they're bad people. Um you would have to say that Layla is most closely associated with like an Indiana Jones. Like I'll do some of the things that I probably shouldn't do, but they're not really that bad of things. They're not like, they're not evil things, but like I'll steal a few artifacts and give them back to the people who deserve them, right? She says that right. earlier in the show. So so she's sort of an Indiana Jones character where it's like some of, some of the means justifies the ends. And it's pretty clear that as the, is it Scarlet Scarab you said? The Scarlet Scarab, yep. Yeah, the Scarlet Scarab. As Scarlet Scarab, it's pretty clear that she's not going to go around killing people. She's going to stop short of that, right? Like, um, yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that she fits that mold pretty well. Stephen Grant is, Stephen Grant is more associated to somebody like a Captain America, less violent Captain America. So, um, because the the essential character there of Stephen Grant is like, I don't want to do any violence to anybody, but if I have to, I will. But only in self defense. I'm not going to try and do anything. And so, um, so maybe maybe a little bit less violent than Captain America, a little less comfortable with violence than Captain America. And so, if you were to look at, I would say, like, if you were to look at at. Uh, a scale from a black and white scale saying like good and evil and you're to put gray in the center of that scale right you know stephen grant seems like the most good the closest to the farthest end of the scale right um so let's say black is good and white is bad well then then stephen grant's closest to black right and obviously jake is closest to white which is in my definition bad so like so but the weird part of this show is that there's a couple moments in the finale here, and that made me ask ask the question. So I'm going to ask the question. Then I'm going to explain why I'm asking the question. Then I'm going to turn the question on you.
1: <laughs> oh, now,
0: do Amit and Kanju actually end up killing the same people? Because there's a moment in the show where Amit and Kanju are like, should, we should be." Amit especially, is like, we should be joined together, and then, and then, uh, Kanshu is like, well, no, you don't do things the way I do things, you know, like you're Minority Report, and I'm not Minority Report, but it made me it just made me think to myself, like, do they actually have the same definition of evil? Because it's there's a suggestion that they do, right? There's a suggestion that they have the same definition of evil, and that they get to then choose who they kill at what times. And Amit's just like saying, like, why have evil exist at all? kill people in advance and then conscious saying like, no, 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 you ha- they have to commit the evil before we kill them. But what do you think? Are they killing the same people or are they actually killing different people?
1: I mean, I would say 90% of the time it's probably the same people. Hmm. Um, right. It is, it is truly a, are you guilty before you've even done the act? Right. Um, and again, it goes back to, I kind of understand the Ahmet Harrow thing. Like this could be such a peaceful world if we knew who was going to do something awful and stop them beforehand. Now, what is awful? Because right. Like there are definitely murderers that are awful, but like way back in episode one, when we meet Harrow and he judges that like little old lady, like, I don't think that she was going to like murder someone, you know, like maybe her form of crime was uh, I don't know, some kind of gambling problem or something. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> right, it, right, 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 right. It, it does depend there. Like, do you choose to kill people because they do harm to others? Right. Is that your, like, where's the bar? Right. So, I don't know. Um, but it does seem like they do judge the same people for the most part, yeah,
0: yeah, it I, it does seem like they're judging the same people. This is why I asked the question too, because because what you just said is what I agree with is if they're judging the same people, then Amit's side looks a lot more viable than it did before because Kanshu, we know that Kanshu says the evil people. And this is where it gets dicey. This is where it gets gray. This is where the confusion comes from. We we know that Mark killed people who were predators, murderers, and he, he says one other word that I don't remember. So they're the worst of the worst. So if those are the same people that Amit is killing, wouldn't you want to kill the predator before the predator did the bad thing? I mean, maybe. And maybe you say, no, human beings all have a second chance. Human beings, like they need redemption. Maybe there is a way to redeem those people. Um, and by the way, I actually, I actually know of people who are amazing people who were horrible people. Right? Like I right. know that I, I know of those those kinds of people. Doesn't mean that they shouldn't have faced consequences for what they did. That's different. But
1: The consequences shouldn't be death.
0: Right? Is that that's the question? Like when? At what point do the consequences need to be death? And so I think that the, the, I think it's answer, I think it's asking an interesting question. But the fact that it never comes to terms on that then leaves me going, well, what is good and evil in this world? Like what is, cause Marvel's usually pretty straightforward on what good and evil is, right? This is the, this is the, one of the most gray areas of good and evil that I think we've actually seen. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of people, anyway, before I say this next thing, I will say that Daryl, Daryl mentions, um, former co host Daryl. Uh, who knows a ton about Marvel and a ton about DC says he thinks that Stephen Grant is more like Bruce Banner. He'd rather not be involved at all, but doesn't have that choice. And that's way better than my comparison.
1: I sound as like the Robert Langdon, Mm. uh, you know, from like demons and angels kind of like, yeah, I can uh, solve puzzles if you want me to solve puzzles, but like, (laughs) yeah, I don't want to be involved in some weird stuff. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those are the, that's the kind of character that he fits into. Um, So, in a world where Marvel has been pretty upfront about what good and evil is, even when it's gray, it usually, like, like, well, you know, Thanos. Is Thanos right? Oh, man. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm not sure. But, but the, but Marvel has always come to the conclusion that saving human life is more important than ending human life, right? It's always come to that conclusion every time. And in this, in this show, it's, it's really hard to know. It's really hard to know what conclusion that they're actually coming to. Um, which again, I appreciate, and I'm doing a series on Tokyo Vice on HBO Max, and I'm saying all the time, like I love the gray area of these characters. Detective Noor is all about people with problems and those people with problems making their own problems worse to the point where they they become criminals and are trying to hide it, right? That's but Detective Nor. But you need
1: Noor. to define what the black and white are to be able to understand the gray,
0: that's exactly Better.
1: it. I think um the great thing about modern television, modern movie making is that there isn't a ton of expo- of exposition dump. Yeah. Um, Usually, but sometimes you need like uh, just a little bit of exposition dump. <laughs> right. And they have, I, I could think back to a couple of scenarios within the show where they could have very much defined those, yes. you know, like, when um for example when harrow takes stephen through his like little uh cult campus right like they could have really defined more i mean he does in a bit like they you know he says like we'll kill kids but like he doesn't (laughs) say like why or what the right what the punishment for the crime is whatever that crime was Um, I think there were times like that where you could have given us a little bit more definition around those things that you didn't. Um, And yeah, that kind of holds the series back, uh, Mm -hmm. holds you back from rooting for the hero more.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cause you're left going, like, I kind of like Conchu, but also he seems like a dick. You know what I mean? Like you're left with that, you're left in that, in that area of saying, like, oh, well, I don't like that aspect of him. And I don't like the way that he manipulates people. I don't like the like the way that he possesses people. And so it becomes it becomes difficult to know what you what you ultimately are rooting for is that Mark stands up for himself. That Stephen stands up, like that Stephen draws Mark into the good side, what we perceive yeah. to be the good side, and that Layla and Stephen and Mark will go off and live a happy life. Like that's kind of what you want to have happen in this show, right? And I think that the show is pointing towards that being that selfishness is more important even than what the gods call justice or what the gods call judging other people. And I think, I mean, that's good. It's just, it just would be a little bit easier if we could understand that a little bit better um in the show but the concept of balance what is your what is your thoughts on the
1: concept of balance here because we talked about it already and it was already confusing (laughs) yeah i mean the problem is that we don't see balance by the end of the show um again going back to the shows about dissociative disorder when we get rid of steven and only have mark i understand why the the scales would balance because the brain has now you know seen clarity right like he created steven as a way to as a trauma response as a way to deal right. with with the death of his younger brother and his mom beating him right and you know the show basically said you've Solved this little riddle in your head, right? Um, right you don't right. need this trauma response any longer, right? Move on, and then when he goes back to get Stephen, that would I would then assume that his scales would be unbalanced again, right? However, right. we do see um, Mark becomes a little bit tamer in his attitude, less aggressive as a person, right? Uh, and we see Stephen move from being a passive person to being more assertive. Yes. And how he deals with Khonshu. So in that you could say, well, their scales balanced because they've, lived, they've learned to live with each other rather than needing to separate further. Right. But we never actually see that outcome. Right. We never see them living this harmonious life. Right. Um, and maybe that's because of Jake. Right. But then again, the scales are unbalanced. And so <laughs> what is balance? Right. Because the show doesn't really ever define that either.
0: Yes. yeah, and I think that this is the this is the struggle when you do a show. every every uh, religion that I know of is going to have difficulty when you transition that that those religious beliefs into stories. And because your, your religious belief is going to come up against things where you have to make a choice in the story about how it's going to actually work or play out. And I, and I only know this because that's one of the questions I ask myself every time I'm doing a book, it's like, what am I trying to say in this book and like explore that topic and then realize, oh, I can't go that direction because I'm saying the wrong thing, or I can't go this direction because I'm suggesting that something is true that I actually don't believe is true. Um, or I'm, like, towing the line with what, like, other religious p- people would say, and I don't actually think that that's a line that exists, and I need to challenge that line as opposed to, to, to accepting it. And I think that this that this is very true of the concept of balance, because not that I'm an expert in any world religions, I'm not going to pretend that I am. However, a lot of times the concept of balance, I think, based on my understanding of other people's, the way that they describe it, is is balance means being okay. With how the world actually is, meaning that it doesn't mean that you would say something like it that like, uh, natural disasters that kill people are good, or uh, you know, murdering other people is good. You would never say that, like, well, we have to have murder so that we could have joy. Like, you would never say that. You would just say, I am accepting that in order for me to have joy, I have to feel pain, and that those things are. those things exist in the world and so you're not calling one good or evil you're just saying it is balance and you could say good is better or evil is better but a lot of what these shows do star wars does it now moon Knight's doing it is they go balance is great and then they go what you what is balance balance is you when you are at peace and not in pain balance is when you are in the field of reads and you don't have another personality telling you that you're right or wrong or like conflicted so what that does is it actually puts it puts the religious belief in a place where the religious belief is not supposed to reside, and it just causes confusion, right? Because because if you were to have like a, a an Eastern mysticism theologian sitting in front of you, they'd be like, "Well, that's not what balance means." I, I would assume, right? Again, I'm assuming here, but but the way that the story plays out, you go, "Wait a minute!" They, I think that they're suggesting that balance is something that actually isn't taking two scales and seeing like how much evil is in the world how much good is in the world okay it's balanced that's not what they're saying and so it, it becomes challenging to communicate that concept through the types of stories that usually tell us this is good this is evil this is how good overcomes evil right it becomes it becomes a little bit more tricky um and so hopefully in season two we will get into a little bit of that, but I would love to hear your comments on what you would like to see in the future for
1: season two. Um, That's tough because I, I haven't really thought much about that because um, up to two weeks ago, I thought this is it. Yeah, <laughs> um, right, right, right. I would like to see more of the Indiana Jones style stuff. Amen, brother. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the puzzle solving, searching through mystical areas. I also enjoyed um I I enjoyed like the zombie kind of horror elements to the show. Um I think that I, I think that they should lean into that further, especially like if they did a season two and maybe it premiered closer to around Halloween time. Mm-hmm. You know, that would work out very well. Yeah. The problem, though, is who is the villain? And, like, is it Ahmed again? Does Ahmed just find their way out? Right. Uh, I don't know. Right. I don't know who goes up against Moon Knight. But I also am not a comic reader that knows the background of Moon Knight and Moon Knight's villains. Right. I know... I know that this show pulled from a variety of different Moon Knight titles right. over the over the decades, but I don't know much beyond that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. And I feel like most of the time you and I are on the same page when it comes to like what we want to see out of the um out of the MCU or or Star Wars or whatever. And I think we're pretty much in the same in the same boat here too, because like I think that Marvel is best. My favorite Marvel tends to be the more individual stories. Daryl and I have had this conversation over yes. the course. Like, even when it's in the comics, I I want to see the season of Daredevil. Now, I don't mind if you bring the Punisher because season two of Daredevil is one of my favorites. Like when you That's bring great. the Punisher into the Daredevil world and they had to like their worldviews clash, I like that. But when you have like, let's get all the heroes together. In fact, I was just listening to the John Campia show yesterday. And they were just like raving about how great Avengers or John specifically was raving about how great Avengers is. And I'm like, I think Avengers is just an okay movie. And like, Same. and it's like when you get all the characters and cause he, what he even said, like how they, he said I, before the movie came out, I was saying there's no way they're going to be able to do all these characters and have them be, but they pulled it off. And I'm like, did they though? Because they just pulled off a movie with a bunch of characters that like defend the world. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you love that if you love that love it that's great it's a big giant fight scene for like 90 minutes or 2 hours or whatever it is and that's cool but my but my real love is when we see Steven and Mark struggling as to mm-hmm. be the same character and when we see Daredevil figuring out what he wants to do with his life and when we see Spider-Man having to develop and like not take the easy way out but like learn to deal with his problems like those are the movies that, that I really gravitate towards. Those are the shows that I really gravitate towards. So for me, I hope he doesn't end up in some like uh, f- forgive my lack of knowledge of what you might call this group, but like some like B plus level Avengers, right? Where it's like kind of like what they did with the Defenders in um, when they brought in uh, Punisher and uh, Iron Fist and Jessica Jones right. and Daredevil. I don't Usually prefer those things. Um, I don't mind them as like a one-time movie where it is just big and bold, and I just go to the theater to eat popcorn and watch this movie. But what I would prefer is for them to go through. So, what do I want to see for season two? I want to see those three personalities again dealing with those three personalities. Right? Like, I don't want it to be like now I'm in the Avengers, and every once in a while this pop, this this other personality pops out, and I don't really I don't really have to deal with it. I just kind of go that's me guys. And then I just go on and do whatever. No, no, no. It was much more interesting to see Mark and Steven fighting with each other because my wife even turned to me at one point and go, I really like this goes. I really like this series because um, it, I feel like it's a lot closer to what it's like to deal with mental illness in your life. Right. And, and she really, she, I, I didn't like episode five as much, but she was like, yeah, but there are moments in episode five where it really feels like it's nailing what mental illness is feels like and she and my wife my wife is familiar with that because she has mental illness in her family and stuff um and so she she's aware of it and is like is like this is like real this is real you know and so i think those those are and my my problems with episode five were not related to that just fyi because because those are my favorite types of moments when we see mark and um he puts the heart in steven's hands when Stephen's still a, a sand statue and they 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 learn he's learning that part of what Steven did for him was allowed him to actually live a more normal life despite the mental illness he was dealing with. That's a great moment. I want to see more of that type of stuff, right? Yes. You can splash in the giant God battles because those are fun, but the core of the show has to be around those. So I hope it doesn't go the route. Of... Now, if we're going to include other people, let's maybe do it the way the Punisher did it, right? Like let's have, Let's have the Black Knight with Kit Harrington. Have him come in and, to the show and have a few things that he's dealing with and, and they're 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 fighting around. But um, but I'm pretty sure that you and I are basically on the same page. There is that these more yeah. personal
1: stories are the ones that matter. And even in the films, right? Like uh, I loved the the original Ant Man film because yeah. Ant Man because it's a superhero film, but it is also a heist film. Yes, right? a lot of people love um, Winter Soldier and consider it one of the high standards of the mcu because it's right. not just a superhero film it's also a political thriller right and this show to me was again a deep dive into um a mental disorder but it kind of became this fun adventure film
0: yes and yes and
1: i feel like it started and stopped the adventure film portion
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think if we had a whole season two and just went Full adventure. Yeah. But then also, in a sense, there's horror because, like, okay, you've got Layla and Mark, and they've got to go on this adventure. But, like, at any point in time, Mark could split off into Jake and Mm. become – then the hero becomes the villain.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're stuck in the room with the villain. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of a cool premise, like, that the hero is also the villain depending on who feels like forcing their yes. way to the front of the brain yeah um, I'm I think that's a lot of fun there's there's a lot you can play with yes in that uh, as a writer or as a filmmaker and as an actor I mean yeah. Oscar Isaac showed that he can pull off multiple oh, yeah. personalities um, and I want to see more of that I think that that's that's where the show shined the best
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually too. Uh, where I wish that I didn't see Venom. Let there be Car- carnage because I literally didn't care about it. But no one cares. the first, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first Venom film, you know, that's what I was hoping for more of too. Like in other words, what it felt like in the first Venom film was that Venom was essentially a villain, and I can't remember his name. I, I want to say Eric, but it's not Eric. What's what's his uh, what's his normal name? Um, Anyways, the character played by Tom Hardy um, when he's not Venom was kind of uh, like, was it?
1: Um, oh my gosh, Eddie, uh, Eddie, Eddie Brock, yeah.
0: Good, good pull, good pull, Eddie Brock. So Eddie Brock, it didn't feel like they had equal footing, or it didn't feel like there there could be equality. It was like, nope. When Venom wants to do what Venom wants to do, Venom just does it, right? And I think that um, part of the problem is is that. What war I to say one of the things I like is that Stephen Grant, when he when he's using Conju's power, is powerful. Like, whereas Eddie Brock is never powerful. Like Eddie Brock never really uses Venom to do what Eddie Brock wants to do. Venom only uses Eddie Brock to do what Venom wants to do. And I think that that's what's cool about what you just described is like if you go full Jake, if you go full Mark, if you go full Stephen, they are not all of a sudden like the weak character. It's a they're all three strong characters choosing different routes in life. And that's okay. way more interesting, I think, to fight with, to battle with, uh personally. Um, because it's not like I switch over my own personality into into oh, I'm I'm now if I'm if I'm meek Jay, I'm just pretending to be meek Jay, right? Versus I'm aggressive Jay, I'm just pretending to be aggressive Jay. It's better if it's like, no, this is actually part of you. This is part of you as a human. The Hulk is part of you as a human because you have a temper issue. Right? So, like, that's better. Um, and maybe it, maybe it I'm confusing it because maybe that is more like Venom. But I, I just don't feel like it is because Venom feels like a different personality entirely. Um, and I like it better what you described. It's all part of the same personality. And how do you deal with that as a human being? I think it's more approachable. Let's just say. It is
1: also, I will say, so, like, Ray, if you're Eddie Brock and you're hanging out with. Whomever, and then all of a sudden you turn into Venom, it's pretty obvious that you've just turned into Venom. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> true. Yeah, true. if you're in a pyramid searching yeah. for some lost artifact and it's like you and Steven. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, you're now with Jake. Yeah. Jake can hide.
0: He can, yeah. He's
1: more sneaky. Yeah. In, and then be able to turn on you. Yep. So there's a bit more fright to that in a sense that you don't really know who you're talking to at any given time. Yeah. And obviously Steven would be much more forward, straightforward. Right. But like Jake and Mark might not be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whoever else, you know, like, do you know if there's a fourth personality?
0: (laughs) Right. Right unless unless jake can only speak spanish <laughs>
1: sure then it's very
0: <laughs> then, then, then then we get into different territory altogether but i don't think that's right. true i think i think that that's just uh i think that this is just what they're using as a gimmick to make us make sure we know it's not one of the other two in this case but i do think he could he could put on one of the other voices and actually act like that um well, Josh, I think that we have had a, a great show. Thank you for joining me at the last minute. I really appreciate it. Um, what should people look out from Modern Mouse? Where they, where should they go? Where should they check out oh. what you're doing next? You mentioned Assembled. So what are you up to?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've got a ton of different projects right now. <laughs> um, I work with the No Midnight crew um, and you can look up Theme Park Pulse on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Theme Park Pulse will uh, just now we've Figured out every other week will be an episode of Theme Park Pulse, which mm-hmm. is just kind of a uh, if you love theme parks then it's a show for you. Uh, and then Coffee and Carousels will be the audio only show in between those weeks, so it'll be more uh, newsworthy theme park stuff. But if you're looking for non-theme parky y things, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash modernmouse, which is where all my YouTube videos go. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Deep dives into the Muppets and Marvel, and uh, I'll probably be getting into some Star Wars later this month as well. And then uh, Modern Mouse is my podcast that you can listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts as well, which is usually a deep dive into some serious matters all connected to the Walt Disney Company in some way. Um, I've got an episode coming out, and hopefully pretty soon, That'll be about death and um, memories Mm. uh, and how those connect to places, how we connect our memories of people to Mm. certain places Mm. uh, and how to prevent that as
0: well. Oh, interesting. That's a fascinating one. I I would find it. um, They were talking about one podcast that I listen to a lot because I don't talk a lot about Disney parks on this show um but you and I talk about Disney parks all the time cuz so we're both big Disney fans and I listened to Orange Grove um 55 and uh, they were talking about how the different leaders of the Walt Disney company would have handled different aspects or what they were like what they were especially skilled at and it made me think like what what would, it would be such an interesting thing to do a show like the way that you do shows and talk about like what would have been different about you know how like how the this is by the way not a show you need to do i'm just putting this out there into the world someone can do a show on it um but how culture has shifted around businesses need to be cultural or societal influencers and going back and thinking about like i think about like walt disney and some of the big controversies in walt disney's life especially around like the um the unionization of the that that attempted to happen in the Disney space, right, which you've covered before. Um, and I thought about that, and I thought like, you know, between Eisner and Frank Wells and Walt Disney and even Iger, it wasn't so much about influencing society as much as people are asking Disney to influence society today. It was more about, we're a company we're fighting for company, the rights of our company to do what our company wants to do. And we may get in trouble. Like Walt got, gets in a little bit of trouble. Cause there's some people who think that Walt should have actually allowed those unions to take place. But it'd be interesting to do a retrospective of like, when did that switch happen? Why did that switch happen? And was it Disney's fault? <laughs> right? Like was it, was, or was that society putting something on Disney that Disney never wanted? <laughs> that would be a really fascinating concept to me. Um, to do a show on but josh does great shows on taking big cultural issues i mean death is a huge one man you're about to tackle a very intense subject um and i'm, I'm sure you'll mention this but like there are people that want to spread people's ashes in the haunted mansion right like, or or spread their ashes at disneyland somewhere in the rivers of america so it's very intense so good for you for taking on those intense topics i always appreciate listening to those um anything else anything else Where can people follow you on twitter
1: Mm. You can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram or on TikTok at ModernMouseJosh is my name across all of this.
0: Cool. Go follow Josh. Also, a special shout out to Michael Young, who is going to be on the show. Go follow him as well. Nerd Soul is all his stuff. And I'll I'll have him on a future show too. And of course, Josh is going to be a regular guest for me. So that is it for today's show. Don't forget new episodes of the Story Geek Show come out every Tuesday and every Thursday. On Tuesday, May 9th, we will be discussing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Josh is seeing it today. I, Josh may not be talking to me on Tuesday, but either way, I'll be talking about it. And before you know it, we will be getting into Season 3 of Umbrella Academy, Kenobi, and Stranger Things. So I feel like there's way like way too much to talk about, and I should stop talking about some of these things, but they are all on the schedule to talk about. Uh, so lots of good stuff coming your way. Subscribe to the Story Geek Show on YouTube or your personal or your preferred podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. All episodes are published to the podcast feed right after I finish recording them here on YouTube. So if it's too long for you to sit in front of your TV or your computer, go listen to the podcast version whenever you want to. Leave me a comment and let me know what you think about Moon Knight. Go give Josh a follow and check out his stuff. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I will see you on Tuesday. Bye, Josh.
1: See ya.